Welcome to The Heart Podcast, a Christian podcast featuring sermons from the Greater Hartford Church of Christ and impromptu episodes covering a wide variety of topics. We hope you enjoy. Amen. This is what I heard is Newington High School. Welcome. Uh, My name is Aaron Jackson. I'm here to bring us the word this morning. Um, Our theme for the year, of course, has been love your neighbor as yourself. So continuing with that, we've been studying out the book of 1 John, which is all about loving one another. And uh, as we go through some of the details, some of the topics may not necessarily seem directly related to our love for one another. Um, But but let's remember that this is the theme and the main thrust. So we have to to, to figure out new ways to kind of see the scriptures to help us out in different ways that we may not necessarily think um, would be related. So uh, 1 John teaches us how to love one another in the face of challenges. Does anybody have like the perfect life environment with, with no challenges where it's just so easy to love other people? Does anybody kind of experience that? No. Oh, one. And he's a liar. So, amen. No, I'm joking. I don't know you that well. Sorry, bro. Amen. No, absolutely. So, none of us really. It's difficult. But this is why we have First uh, John to help us out, including how to fight worldliness at, at every stage of life. So turn with me over to 1 John chapter 2. This is going to be our our main passage for today. You know, as you're turning there to 1 John chapter 2, I just celebrated 20 years as a disciple a couple weeks ago um, in October. Yes. And of course, you get a little reflective celebrating two decades in the Lord, which I still can't believe. I told a regent last week, I still can't believe I can say two decades. I just, it's just weird. But anyway, you get a little reflective and you think about, I know I've thought about kind of the, the ups and downs uh, that I've been through over the last 20 years as a disciple. But I'm also reminded about what life was like before I knew God. And for me, I, I, in high school, kind of growing up, I was very popular, very popular, very well known. Uh, I think part of my people-pleasing nature uh, endeared, I was able to endear myself to people pretty easily, and I, and I carried that, that kind of popularity and center of attention type, type lifestyle all the way into college, uh, of course, and my brother actually came with me to my orientation at George Mason, and they had a party, and of course, we were the center in the life of the party, and I, I gained a nickname coming into school as, or we had as those Kentucky boys. They were like, oh, that's one of those Kentucky boys because we were just so kind of out there and wild. Yet, as I left the foam party that they had on top of the deck, the parking deck, just left from being the center of attention, walking away, feeling the loneliness. And I just walked around, I just wandered around campus, thinking to myself, is this it? Is this all I have? And I felt loneliness, even though I'd been, just been surrounded by so many people. And I thought, would anybody miss me if I wasn't even here? It gets tiring wearing a facade. It gets very tiring staying in the spotlight. And you have to get more, and you have to get more, and you have to get more, but it doesn't fulfill. It never, ever does. I can't forget, no matter what stage of maturity I'm at, I can never forget how empty worldliness is 
and how amazing our God is. Let's jump into our passage today in 1 John chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 12. It says, I am writing to you, dear children, because your sins have been forgiven on account of his name. I'm writing to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I'm writing to you, young men, because you have overcome the evil one. I write to you, dear children, because you know the Father. I write to you, fathers, because you know him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word of God lives in you, and you have overcome the evil one. Do not love the world or anything in it. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. But whoever does the will of God lives forever. I've entitled our lesson this morning, Reminders Not to Forget. Reminders not to forget. Some of you may know uh, the artist uh, named Miguel. Um, I I came across an old song of his uh, that he performed called Remind Me to Forget. Some of you guys may know that, Remind Remind Me to Forget. And and I love this because the song, he talks about just these relationship scars that he's had and how these scars are reminders for him to forget that love that he had, that relationship. Here's some of the lyrics. Baby, it hit so hard, I'm holding on to my chest. Maybe you left your mark, reminding me to forget. It doesn't matter where you are, you can keep my regret. Because baby, I got these scars, reminding me to forget. You know, John here, he starts off our little segment here, writing to different populations in the church, writing to different spiritual maturities. He's not, net, he's not literally writing to little children and young men and fathers. He's addressing spiritual maturity at its, different, at its different levels and seasons. And he starts off six times saying, that I'm writing to you, I'm writing to you, I'm writing to you. And his advice that hits for all seasons that he comes down to is do not love the world. Point number one, reminders. You know, his advice for all seasons was do not love the world. What reasons? So it got me thinking, what are the reasons why those who are young in the world or those young, uh, young adults spiritually and those who are older in the Lord, what are the reasons why we fall back in love with the world? And what reminders do we need at each of these seasons? Well, for spiritual children... Spiritual children fall back in love with the world when you forget that you've been forgiven and that you know God. When we forget that we've been forgiven and that we know God, it's easier to fall back into the trap of the world. You know, when you're young, you make a lot of mistakes. It's easy to spiral when you're young. You cross that line once and you just throw your hands up. Well, I might as well keep going then. We get down on ourselves so easily. But you have to remember that you are forgiven. You have been forgiven. There's no more punishment that you can put on yourself that Jesus hasn't already taken to the cross. You can't punish yourself more 
Jesus has already taken away your sins. We just have to stop the bleeding. And I love the passage talks about though a righteous man falls seven times, seven times he rises. It's not that we fall down, it's, it's that we get back up. That allows us to be right before God. So what about for the spiritual young adults? Well, spiritual young adults fall back in love with the world when you forget your strength and the power of God's word in Christ's victory. You know, during this stage of young adulthood spiritually, the evil one wants to, he wants you to underperform. He wants you not to be convinced of how strong you are and how strong you can be. It's during this time of spiritual young adulthood that we can get into a little bit of a, of a rut and, and not push ourselves like we could. And this is exactly what Satan wants you to do. But, but John pens a reminder here saying, no, you are strong. And the word of God is powerful in you. And you have victory in Jesus. This is the life that you get to live. You can do incredible things. Just push yourself. Just push yourself. I love that book, Do Hard Things, written by teens years, years, years ago. And it was this whole mindset of, no, I'm not going to let people look down on me because I'm young. I'm going to do hard things. I'm going to do things that adults think that I can't do. I'm going to push myself. This is young adulthood. And no matter where you're at spiritually, if you're in that young adult area or spiritual maturity season, push yourself. You are stronger than you know. And God's word is strong in you. Amen? We need to be reminded of these things. And then spiritual parenthood. You know, it's easy for spiritual, what makes uh, spiritual parenthood fall back in love with the world is when you forget or get comfortable in your relationship with God. I mean, you've known God for so long now. You've had so many experiences. You, you've read the Bible so many times. As soon as that other person starts quoting the scripture, you can finish it. You've read it like a hundred times. You studied it out. As a matter of fact, about 10 years ago, you put together a lesson all about that, right? We can get comfortable in our relationships with God. We can get idle. Dare I say, we can get complacent in our relationships with God. But, but, but God wants you closer to him. You can walk closer to God. And as a matter of fact, the, the older that you are, the nearer you are to that day. Every day that passes is one day nearer that we're going to be to either our lives passing or Jesus coming back. We got to make sure that we're ready. Amen? You know, it's in uh, Revelations 2 that John also writes to a particular church where he says, I have this against you that you have abandoned your first love, the love you had at first. Remember, therefore, where you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. Think about your relationship with God, and, and that's how you rejuvenate. You start doing the things that you did at first with a different kind of a heart, and it's able to, to kind of spark that love back up for you. Amen? So those are just a few reminders. Point two, reminders not to forget. 
In verse 15, the Bible says to do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. So right off the bat, let me define this word world. Okay, so uh, John, it must be important because John said do not love the world. So it's important for us to know what it is that we're not supposed to be loving. So John is not referring to the physical world that we live in. This physical world that we live in, it's neutral. As a matter of fact, if we think about how God created it, God created the world and said that it is good. <laughs> so the scripture is not telling us to hate creation, to, to hate beautiful sunsets and sunrises and those beautiful mountains and trees and the foliage changes. Hate those things. That's the world. No. <laughs> Anything created by God is to be praised. We need to praise that. So what is he talking about here? Well, what John is talking about here when he says do not love the world, I would define it as worldliness. Worldliness. The New English uh, translation commentators described it this way. A system of values and goals from which God is excluded. When we remove God from these things, that's when it becomes worldly. When we insert God, that's what makes it spiritual. But when we remove God, that's what makes it worldly. John goes on to clarify in verse 16 uh, this worldliness by saying three things, three phrases. He says, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So the, 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 the lust of flesh is forbidden bodily pleasures and passions. Lust of the eyes is, is man's desire for more, more, more. Never have enough. I want more things. As a matter of fact, I see what you have over there, and I think I want that too. Lust of the eyes. And then the pride of life, this, this boasting about what we have. And I love Dave's perspective because we do have a lot, and we need to be reminded of that as well. But, but we can't be going around boasting about this life when it's not even ours, really. It's God gave it to us, so we should really just be grateful, right? You know, we need to remind, I need reminders, and we all need reminders not to forget this, this reality. Okay, it's a tough question. You ready? What has worldliness given you? Think about it. What benefits has sin afforded you? Honestly, what benefits? What did you get out? I mean, the king, King Solomon Ecclesiastes said he withheld nothing from himself. He dove completely and totally into every kind of sinfulness. He indulged in, in gaining knowledge, in pleasure, sex, and alcohol, in accomplishments, trophies, promotions, degrees, social media followers and likes, wealth, all of these things. He, he amassed all of these things. And then he came to find out that it was empty, disappointing, a chasing after the wind. Now, for this, I need a, I need a volunteer. We're going to have a little demonstration here, someone who likes candy. Um, I need one per Oh, there's a hand that went up right back there. All right, come on down. Come on down. This is fantastic. I got a candy bar for you. Yes, let's go. This is probably one of the easiest, you know, uh, demonstrations that you got, okay? So I got a candy bar for you. All right, here we go. Oh, wait, hold on. 
What's wrong? Okay, so it's empty. Oh, wow. So how, how do you feel now? A little angry. <laughs> you feel robbed. Oh, my goodness. Shorted. Slighted. Deceived. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is what sin does to you. It offers you a candy bar, which you will get. You can keep the trash, too. It offers you a candy bar, and you open it up, and it's nothing. This is one of the most incredible definitions I've heard of sin. I heard it as a young Christian, and his brother told me that sin offers you everything but delivers nothing. You get all your hopes up. This is going to be it. This time, it's going to fulfill that next relationship, that next puff, the next edible. It's going to bring me peace, whatever it is. And then nothing. You're left with emptiness, having been slighted, having been duped. And on top of that, you have regret. You have shame. You have disappointment. You have scars. You have hurt. This is all that sin does. But, but it's amazing how incredible of a picture worldliness can paint of sin. So we need reminders not to forget. Amen? You know, the writer of Psalm 73, he almost forgot as well how good the Lord was and needed to remind himself not to forget. You can just listen. Um, but the Bible says in Psalm 73, but I had almost stopped believing this truth. I had almost lost my faith because I was jealous of proud people. I saw wicked people doing well. They're not suffering. They are healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like the rest of us. They don't have problems like other people. They wear pride like a necklace. They put on violence as clothing. They are looking for profits. They do not control their selfish desires. They make fun of others and speak evil. Proudly, they speak of hurting others. They brag to the sky. They, their mouths gossip on the earth so their people turn to them and give them whatever they want. They say, how can God know? What, what does God the Most High know? These people are wicked, always at ease and getting richer. This is how it can feel. Looking out at the world and this, this, the worldliness just paints this incredible picture and we're like, wow, I got issues. Life may have gotten harder for you as a disciple. Many of us become Christians, think that, that, that everything's going to, the path is going to be roses and rainbows and, and all that stuff. And it's like, no, it may have gotten harder for some of you. So we look out at the world and we think, maybe it is better out there. It looks amazing, but we need reminders not to forget. Amen? This is why I love, okay, so I have a song, a few songs, a playlist actually, but I have a song in particular that I go to that helps remind me of the world. And uh, whenever I start to get kind of fooled or just every once in a while, I hear it. And it's a song, if you know me, you know I love Sia. I love Sia, like incredible voice. Uh, but she has a song, Chandelier, that I'm going to read the lyrics from. This is a song that personally for me, 
this helps me because this is who I would be if I didn't have God. But the lyrics go like this. I'm going to swing from the chandelier. From the chandelier. I'm going to live like tomorrow doesn't exist. Like it doesn't exist. I'm going to fly like a bird through the night. Feel my tears as they dry. I'm going to swing from the chandelier. From the chandelier. And I left out this part, but she talks about one, two, three, one, two, three, drink. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink. Throw them back till I lose count. I'm going to swing from the chandeliers. So we get this picture here of party time. It's awesome. We're going to swing from chandeliers. We're going to be reckless. Like, we're going to live like tomorrow. It doesn't exist, but, but there's a little chink in the armor even. She just feel my tears as they dry? What's that about? I thought everything was good in the world. No. But you do whatever you can to push it down, to numb yourself. Because like I said, the facade, it gets tiring. Now let's hear, let's keep going on the lyrics and hear what's underneath. She goes on to say, and this is, I, almost every time I listen to the song, this is where I break and oftentimes start to cry or tear up. She says, but I'm holding on for dear life. Won't look down, won't open my eyes. Keep the glass full until morning light because I'm just holding on for the night. Help me. I'm holding on for dear life. Won't look down, won't open my eyes. Keep my glass full until morning light because I'm just holding on for tonight. I relate to this. I relate to the numbing and the holding on because with worldliness, we have no hope. There's nothing else. The world tries to offer you these things and it doesn't fulfill it. So, So the only thing you can do is just numb yourself. Go crazy and just hope that maybe this time, maybe this time, something will happen. But Romans 6, I love, verse 20 and 21 says, When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. But what benefit did you reap at that time from the things that you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. Everyone has these moments of clarity, but we need to be reminded not to forget that this stuff is the same things that we're ashamed of. We can't forget that. And we can't keep talking, we got to keep talking about this so that our, those younger and younger in the faith don't get fooled by it either. All this pain, regret, emptiness, worldliness, and worldliness is still an option? Really? How twisted can we be? How can we love, how can we love the things that killed our beloved Jesus? How can we still love those things? How messed up are we in our sinful natures that we go back to this stuff time and time again? Thanks be to God that we are loved by a God who knows that we are dust, who knows how fickle we are, that we are just grass and how adulterous our hearts can be. Thank God we are loved by a God like that. 
As a matter of fact, it's while we were at our worst, our absolute worst, that Jesus came and died for us. That God had a rescue plan put in action. And he sent Jesus to literally walk in your shoes. He knows your struggle. He can relate. He lived a perfect life in order to become the sacrifice that you need. He loves you that much. And he was raised back to life in order to forever intercede for you. He's got your back. Brothers and sisters, we need reminders not to forget. At any and every stage of maturity in our walk with Jesus, the main reason we do not love the world is because we have a greater love. We have an absolute greater love, Jesus, and nothing in this world and nobody in this world can possibly love you as much as Jesus does. Amen, church? We need to hold on to these reminders not to forget. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Heart Podcast. To learn more about the Hartford Church of Christ, visit us online at hartfordchurch.org.